What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, so this was actually the episode I was planning on doing last week before the, I don't want to say untimely, uh, before the inconveniencing death. No, that that's wrong too. Uh, before Burt Bacharach passed away last week, I had planned on doing this particular episode as the current episode, but I, of course, put it on the back burner for a week in order to do the Bacharach thing because it was just on the brain and I was more inspired to do that one. But hopefully this one will come off as no less of a tribute and of equal respect. I'm going back in time here just a little under three years ago. And I mentioned this briefly at the end of last episode is I was going to try to catch up with some of the more notable deaths 
as it pertains to our kind of taste here on Rock Strikes 10. So it's not fun talking about death, but if you're a longtime friend of the show, you know I try to make these as upbeat and positive and as much of a tribute as I possibly can when I do these type of episodes. And as I was going through the roster of people, we start to enter the COVID era. And right before that, or I don't want to say right before, but just as the world was about to shut down, literally about four days before, because I remember this very well, because it was pretty much on my birthday of 2020. On March 9th of 2020, a guy named Keith Olson passed away. He died of a heart attack at 74. Uh, this guy definitely not a household name and i don't mean that in any kind of disparaging way it's just some people can obviously have great careers in the arts and not be household names it's possible it happens more often than the other thing honestly i feel like it's very apropos to pay tribute to a guy like keith olson because this kind of really signifies the original thought that i had surrounding paying tribute to people because it's one thing to pay tribute to someone who everybody knows and all that kind of stuff but to dig in and try to find the unsung heroes of the music industry, I think is also equally fulfilling and just want to be kind of a champion for those people. Honestly, that's really what it's all about. And for someone that almost became a producer, I definitely am extra sympathetic to this kind of a tribute. So yes, Keith Olsen, this guy, he did have a short career as a musician and a performing artist. As you could hear there at the top of the show, that was the Music Machine and their garage rock classic, Talk Talk. I did not know this until I started to dig a little deeper on Mr. Keith Olson, but he was the bass player of the Music Machine and played on that particular track. Great, awesome bass lines. They really stick out on that song, and I mean that. And man, what a classic. So it was really cool to find out that this guy who had an amazing career as a record producer, did start off as one of those guys in a garage band and actually shook the tree a little bit, had a hit. So I think that's awesome. So I guess as he was doing this, he caught the producing bug at some point. I don't know his whole life story or anything, but I know he was inspired by people like Brian Wilson and stuff like that. They could really be a great super producer. And he definitely became one of those guys. So yeah, he set up shop in Los Angeles where it was all happening there in the 70s. And I think he wound up being a Sound City guy, if I'm not mistaken. And this guy actually gets the credit for breaking a handful of people that would really have their massive first taste of success in the 70s. So the first really huge record of note that Keith Olsen was the main producer on was this thing right here.
For somebody like myself, who isn't the biggest fan in the world of Fleetwood Mac, but is a big old production nerd, I gotta appreciate that one right there. I hope you were listening to that on really good headphones or earbuds or what have you, and Keith would have wanted it that way. But yeah, that was the unmistakable sounds of the Buckingham Knicks era Fleetwood Mac. It was Rhiannon off of their self-titled record. Keith Olsen produced that. Of course, it came out in 1975. And the other reason Keith gets a lot of credit for breaking that era of Fleetwood Mac is because Keith produced the Buckingham Knicks record two years prior to that and really helped those guys out when they were nothing. And so, yeah, he gets the credit for that. He produced their record, and then because of the way that that record sounded and because of him working with those people, that's how McFleetwood took notice of him, and the rest is definitely musical history. So... Already off to a swinging start as a record producer. You know, he started in the late 60s, so he had that really, really big hit right there just uh, a little under a decade after he started twirling the knobs. So further proof that most people, especially the ones that make it, unless you just know somebody, but no one's really an overnight success. you got to work hard at it for the most part. And I'm definitely going to do this episode basically in chronological order as it pertains to his career and I'm going to cherry pick my favorite albums that come out of his canon, obviously, because I want to make this a personable tribute on top of it and being a episode that I would want to listen to. So I hope you're along for the ride with me. Of course, I'm going to skip over like his Grateful Dead stuff, the family tree of the Grateful Dead. He had a hand in producing some of those albums in the 70s. I'll skip over those. Not a big Santana guy either. So let's go with the sophomore record by 70s super band Foreigner right here. Of course, the Double Vision record. It's a classic uh, this is where I definitely should say, through the course of this guy's career, if you are of a certain age, you definitely bought a good chunk of the records that Keith Olsen had produced. And that, that's why I do a show like this. You're going to be like, wow, he produced that, he produced that. And that's basically what I said out loud as I was looking into you know his entire career here. So yeah, this one right here, Double Vision by Foreigner, like I said, a classic. All those initial Foreigner records are heavy hitters in their day and produced some of the big, big hits of all time in classic rock radio to this moment. You can hear the two big singles off of this record endlessly on regular terrestrial satellite internet radio. It's being played everywhere to this moment. Hot-Blooded and Double Vision are standards at this point. Not as any kind of contrarian or anything. I don't seek out these kind of things, but I guess just operating under the guise of, hey, I've heard these songs a little less, so I kind of tend to like them a little bit more. And, you know, of course, Hot Blood and Double Vision are great, but I've always been a big fan of the third single off of this record, so I'm going to play it to spotlight this record right here, Double Vision. This is Foreigner, of course, with Blue Morning, Blue Day. Clear my head from what went down last night. 
Along with Urgent and Cold as Ice, I would have to say Blue Morning, Blue Day is, is definitely in my top upper echelon of Foreigner songs right there. Love it. I think I played on the show before, but man, yeah, I got I had to do that for Keith. And those are the two main 70s records that Keith Olsen produced that I was like, yeah, we definitely got to talk about those. And as we get into the 80s right here, right off the bat, 1980, he produced this great power pop record by a great power pop band called The Babies you don't know about them this is the band that john Waite was in as a lead singer before he became a pretty decently successful solo artist and definitely at the very least i recommend getting like the best of the babies i think it's called babies anthology here's some of these tracks here off of the album union jacks that keith olsen helped produced and for that reason definitely had a hand in the success of one of their more successful singles right here So for the uninitiated, let's get you into the babies right here. This is Back on My Feet Again. I was so lonely until I met you. Told myself I'd get by without love. Drowning my sorrows, avoiding tomorrows. Kind of felt that I just had enough. You light up my face with your jokes and your smiles And the way that you came every night Don't know what you got, but I'm sure glad I found you Could be wrong, but it sure feels right And here I am I'm back on my feet again So happy that you're here with me. So 
All right. Give it up for the babies right there. And give it up for Keith Olsen. Fun record right there. Union Jacks by the babies. That was back on my feet again. It's never a twisting of the arm to play the babies on the show or any really good power pop like that. And I'm definitely enjoying going through these songs here. He's got definitely kind of his own sound. I could, I feel like a lot of the drums, especially on these early records, do have that similar sound. But I dig it. It's got that great classic feel to it. Almost like the drums, they almost sound like they're in a closet or something. But you get a good sound doing that sometimes. So yeah. And in the same year here in 1980, he produced this one right here. Another Hall of Famer, Pat Benatar. I always wonder with a great singer such as a Pat Benatar, whether it's like the easiest thing in the world to produce them or if it's really hard, whether they're like a perfectionist or just to get that perfect take. It could be laborious. I'm not sure. I'd love to know those kind of things. But regardless, what we got here on Crimes of Passion in 1980 was nothing short of spectacular. There are a handful of really great songs that are essential off of this record a big single off there fire and ice for sure and a handful of really cool covers pat was always good at finding fun covers there but this one right here the other single off of the record i am going to go with this and it's just such an epic and it really does pay tribute to a producer with a song like this just go oh yeah man that this is an all-timer so here you go this is pat benatar with promises in the dark
All right, man, greatness right there. Pat Benatar, Promises in the Dark, off of Crimes of Passion, of course, produced by Keith Olsen. Just amazing stuff right there. Love it, love it, love it. And speaking of stuff that I love, of course, I I love everything on this particular episode. And I think I own physical copies of everything on this episode for sure, Uh, whether it be CD or vinyl. I think I have all of these. And I've got even more things that Keith produced in my collection on top of the stuff that I'm playing here on the show. Not too freaking much outside of this 10, but a few more. But getting into this one right here, and I think I'm going to do a twofer because these next two artists... They kind of are decently intertwined with each other through this era of rock. You know, late 70s, early 80s, and you'll know what I mean. You'll you'll get it, whether I tell you or not, after the two for it, I'm gonna. But this one right here, I was talking to you earlier about how much I love power pop. And you could call this album a power pop record. I think it's just a really good pop rock record, but I don't want to get into semantics here. But one of the all-time great albums is Working Class Dog by Rick Springfield. Especially if you want to put on just a fun pop-oriented record with a little bit of rock guitar going on. Like, it's got a little bit of that, but I think that does make it power pop by that definition. But it's just a cool record. I went back and revisited this when I was listening to the albums of 1981 a few years ago and just blown away by how good it is still. It's almost as surprising as when you just go see Rick Springfield live nowadays and be like, man, that guy, he's really good. And I'm glad I went to the show because it's a lot of fun. He's just that guy. So give the entirety of Working Class Dog a chance if you haven't already. If not for me, do it for Keith Olsen. This has always been one of my favorite songs ever since I heard it back in the day. Yeah, of course, Jesse's Girl Rules and everything, and everybody loves that. It's as big as Curly Fries. But in my world, if I had it my way, this next song would have been just as big and equally iconic in the grand scheme of things. This is Love Is Alright Tonight.
Okay, yes. There's only one way to rock, or at least according to Sammy Hagar there is. But, yeah, the album Standing Hampton, 1982, that song, There's Only One Way to Rock, appears on that, as well as a bunch of other really great songs like I'll Fall in Love Again and Heavy Metal, Baby's on Fire. It's just, it's a lot of fun, that record. And a Keith Olsen production on top of that. And, of course, if you know just a handful of things about Nerdy Facts, you'll know that that ties in really well with Rick Springfield because Rick Springfield actually had a hit on that same record, Working Class Dog, with a Sammy Hagar song, I've Done Everything For You. So there's that tie-in there. And they have that other thing in common now. They both had one of their all-time great albums produced by the late, great Keith Olsen. There you have it. So fast-forwarding all the way up uh, to about five years after that, 1987 pretty decent year for the rock album one of the last and one of the biggest rock albums of 1987 Uh, how many hits came off of this thing like i think like three pretty big ones and a couple of minor ones so like half this record most people know it and that's a true sign of having a monster record out there so i didn't even know before i dug into this that he had produced this and he's one of those guys like i always had heard the name i just never associated him with a lot of stuff i remember mostly it being associated like with the springfield and hagar stuff but i didn't know he was the main producer for this white snake album here in 1987 that would absolutely make them one of the biggest rock bands in america finally after chugging away for years in the uk as just a blues-based british rock band that kind of seemed dinosauric you know along come a few little factors kicked in here you know john kalodner especially which i know kalodner had a hand in some of the foreigner stuff so that ties into keith they must have known each other pretty well but yeah john kalodner got his hands on white snake here made him more america friendly and keith olsen at the board you've got a catchy ass record in that self-titled white snake record from 1987 all the monsters still the night is this love and of course here i go again which i believe was a number one single if i'm not mistaken how could it not be right uh but this one was always my favorite along with still the night one of the great hard rock numbers here and actually was a single it didn't do all that great but i still massively appreciate it so that's the one i'm putting the flashlight on for this episode and tribute to keith olsen let's turn it up David Coverdale and the boys doing Gimme All Your Love.
right, some 87 White Snake right there. Give me all your love. David Coverdale, was it John Sykes, Neil Murray, and Ansley Dunbar. That's the lineup. That is the recorded lineup on that 87 record. Most second-level fans know that kind of stuff. So all the guys in the videos, uh, with the exception of, of course, David Coverdale, did not perform any of those songs. <laughs> Although apparently some of them punched in some notes here on a couple of remixes and radio edits later on. So I need to get that box for this record and dive into all that stuff. Because I've heard that terrible radio version, that radio remix of Here I Go Again. But, I mean, I haven't heard that remix of Give Me All Your Love with Vivian Campbell punching in a solo after the fact, like ever since it was a single. So I need to go back and check all that stuff. But yeah, and speaking of great, just slick ass rock production, I did cut off another Rick Springfield song off this episode. I decided to go with one of the working class dog songs, which it makes sense. That's more of a tribute for sure, but I got to give it up for Rock of Life also. I That's a very well-produced record. So if you want to do a little extra credit, a little homework, check out Rick Springfield's Rock of Life record. If anything, just the title track, which is... Still a super fun song for my money. But all right, this one right here. Did you know that Keith Olsen actually produced an Ozzy Osbourne record? Can you guess just by the sound of all these records what that would have been? Huh? Anybody? Anyone? Okay. Yo, No Rest for the Wicked, 1988. The debut, the coming out party of Zach Wilde, this little 18-year-old whippersnapper from New Jersey. And this was a big deal when this album came out. Like, Ozzy definitely was like... I really like this record. He really believed in it, and everybody seemed to really like it, and I still love it. This is like an early part of my fandom still. Like I'm actually actively getting this record at the time and, and not just relying on second-rate copies from my friends. So I, I like this record a lot because it was one of my real first Aussie records. It was mine. So, yeah, much applause for Keith Olsen. I think he turned in a great-sounding record. Man, at the time, one of the great litmus tests for your home stereo or car stereo was putting on crazy babies and just seeing if it could withstand the power and might of that performance. Super cool. Uh, but I, I feel like this is maybe one of those band favorites, if I had to guess. Probably a favorite of Keith's, if I had to guess. Working on it, there's so much stuff going on it, so it's kind of one of those producer dreams and nightmares at the same time. If you can pull off something like this and it sounds half as good as it did in your head, then success. And I feel like maybe that would have been that song. And it's definitely a personal favorite, and I still can't believe that when we went to go see Ozzy about a decade and change ago at American Airlines in Dallas, uh, the the only time Nola saw him, and I guess one of the last times I saw him, now that I'm thinking about it, which is very sad, because it's, it's in the news, Ozzy announced his on-road retirement in the last few uh, weeks here. Very sad, but last time I saw him there, he actually busted out this song, so it's always been a personal favorite, and now it's just going to be definitely in my top, top Ozzy songs of all time. So, paying tribute to both Keith Olsen and saying much respect to the great Oz man in his retirement. Of course, we're going to do some tribute Ozzy shows at some point coming up, and I definitely will do the whole catalog at some point. But yes, from the great No Rest for the Wicked, this is Ozzy, uh, along with Zach. And if I have it right, I know it was Randy Castillo's on this for sure. And I know Geezer did the tour. I think it's Bob Daisley on the bass still. It's not Phil. Yeah, it's got to be It's got to be Bob Daisley. And I think John Sinclair, if I have that right, on the keyboards, I think he was still in the Aussie camp at that point. But yes, check out this epic, uh, I guess, I, I, a power ballad in a sense, maybe a neo ballad. But this is the great Fire in the Sky. 
Such a cool song right there. The epic Fire in the Sky by Ozzy Osbourne from No Rest of the Wicked. Great job there, everybody. Great job, Keith Olsen. So to close off the show here tonight, here's a favorite of mine, a favorite band of mine, and definitely one of my favorite songs by this band. And this really speaks to how great of a producer Keith Olsen is, honestly, and I mean that because around 1990 here, the Scorpions are getting together for their album, which would become Crazy World. And they decided not to use Dieter Dirks for the first time in, like, forever. And Dieter was the guy that produced all their successful albums up to this point. 
it was like he was their George Martin, but they decided not to use Dieter and it was like, you know what, we're going to go with Keith Olsen. I mean, that's definitely a heavy endorsement that they would take that chance, but also at the same time, they knew that they would get at least a good sounding record and it was a great combination. The Crazy World proved to be a much bigger seller than Savage Amusement and a better record overall, I think for sure. And it's got some of their all-time classics on there. I Just recently in the news, once again, a few days ago, Winds of Change. And this is definitely an achievement worthy of note nowadays in this modern time. Uh, Winds of Change surpassed 1 billion streams on YouTube, which is wild. I mean, that's that's next-level stuff. So, And that's a song that Keith Olsen produced. So whether you like Wind of Change or not, I mean, it's one of those things. It's undeniable. But some of the rockers on this are just so great, man. And I played this song on the show before too, but I could not do it because I consider this a high water mark in hard rock and heavy metal production. So going with this one right here to close the show, turn it up. This is Scorpions with Hit Between the Eyes.
Ah, uh, yes. Love it. Love it, love it. Closing off the show here today, the great Scorpions with Hit Between the Eyes from Crazy World. Song and an album produced there by the late, great Keith Olsen. Keith Olsen, thank you so much. Wherever you are, thank you so much for the, your contributions to the world of music. You produced some banger fucking records, and we love you for it, man. Wish you were here. So I hope that wasn't too much of a downer of an episode. I feel like it wasn't. We played some great music, and that's a memorial if you ask me. I'm going to try to catch up on some of the other people that have left us over the last three years. I'll do it here and there sporadically until I properly catch up, and then we'll get into current events. Of course, doing some more theme episodes. Watch out in the next, you know, month or so, two months or so. Going to be that big 1973 retrospective. I'm going to go ahead and start building it up right now. It's looking real good. But until all of that, until then, until the next episode, stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs, followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.